Hi, I'm Mark Hill, and this is the segment, The Podcast. I believe in human's potential, that the ultimate expression of oneself is achievable. And we all have that urge, that need to progress and become better. And I feel that the trail can help us do that. Whether it's overcoming fears, learning from mistakes, taking calculated trail risks, or building those long-lasting friendships. It's all progression. Join me as I speak with folks who are moving from the ordinary to the extraordinary, and let's catch them on their journey towards the KOM of their life. Welcome to the segment. Let's go. Yo, senders, welcome back to the segment podcast. I'm your host, Mark Hill. And on this episode, episode 102, we have Cody Jones, owner and operator of Wheels Up MTB, an awesome concept of taking the skill sets that we all need to learn when it comes to mountain biking, no matter the age, no matter the skill set, and applying it to make our sport better. And when you think about it, how silly is it if we spend thousands and thousands of dollars on all of our gear, but yet we pass up on a couple hundred dollar skills class to make us a better rider. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Cody is able to spill a little bit of the beans on some of the things that we can do today to make our mountain biking that much more fun and a lot more confident. So hope you guys enjoy the episode. Before we get into it, I always want to say thank you to the supporters of the Segment Podcast and YouTube channel. Thank you to YT Industries for your support. YT Industries live uncaged. Also, a big thank you going out to SSB. If you want to keep those bikes squeaky clean, take a look at SSB. They have the ultimate spray and wash, now the ultimate chain lube. And of course, I always forget because it works so well. I pour the SSB tire sealant in the tires and I just forget about it for a long, long time. Big thank you also going out to Spy Optic for covering our eyes and the protective goggles, the foundation goggles, the whitest periphery in the market, as well as their awesome array of lifestyle glasses. Check it out at spyoptic.com and use the promo code for the segment in order to get a discount on these companies. Last but not least, thank you also is going out to Dionese MTB, Dionese for their mountain bike gear, and of course, Tasco, Tasco Stoke. Don't forget some of the best Tasco clothing is out there. I love the scout shorts. I rock those pretty much all year around, and now just recently, the Tasco pants. So hope this episode finds you well and enjoy it. 102 with Cody Jones. Hey, hey, what's up, senders? We are live. What's up, Cody? Hey, how's it going? Hey, man, it's good. Thanks for jumping on the podcast. Uh, I really appreciate it, man. It's good to see you. Where Where are you right now? So right now I'm uh, hanging out in my mobile trailer with the Mobile Mountain Bike Park here at a uh, wonderful uh, San Diego BMX track. So uh I'd normally say sunny San Diego, but that's not been my experience so far. It's been a lot of rain the last couple of days. So yes, it, man. Somebody told me. I think actually my son said we had we got about seventeen so far this year. Seventeen inches of rain. That's bananas. <laughs> and it's it seems to happen right when we're going to get ready to go uh, riding during the weekend, and then it gets nice and soggy, and then the trails get super duper wet, and we're like, oh man. <laughs> 
Yeah, it sounds like it's been tough tough uh, to ride just about almost anywhere. I mean, even in the Midwest or our friends in the Northeast that are, you know, dealing with all kinds of stuff too. It's it's been a tough winter for mountain biking, unfortunately. Yeah, it really has. It's it's been crazy. The good thing is, is that when the trails open back up. They're all changed and they're all like beautifully meant, like landscape, like everything looks so good. All the trail fairies are out there doing their thing. And uh, it, it's it's so awesome. Um, Cody, for the folks that are tuning in, tell the folks a little bit about um, who you are, where you ride, and uh, what is this Wheels Up MTB that you have going on? Yeah, so um, my name is Cody Jones. I'm, uh, I originate from St. Louis, Missouri, so... I am a middle of the Midwest guy, uh, born and raised, uh, started mountain biking uh, about 32 years ago. Um, so I've been riding for a long, long time, um, a little bit of everything, everywhere from uh, cross country to downhill to free ride, um, cyclocross, track racing, uh, motorcycles too. So um, ridden up, ridden everything, but with two wheels, just, um, and kind of started uh, started off as a kid riding mountain bikes. That was what my, my passion was. I always enjoyed riding on the road and I do gravel rides and, and do it all, but really passionate about a mountain biking. And uh, grew up right down the street from our local like main mountain bike trail there in St. Louis at Castlewood State Park. Uh, grew up right down the street. So I had a place that I could literally ride my bike to, go rip out some laps and then ride my bike home it was you know Dude. perfect for somebody wanting to get into mountain biking um, that's so awesome so did you have somebody that kind of introduced you to the mountain bike sport cody or did did you like get a mountain bike for christmas how, how did you kind of fall into all that yeah i had a my friend growing up um justin lawrence you know we both lived in that area and you know it was one of those i I played high school and college baseball, so mountain biking kind of has this parallel uh, universe for me as I've gone from, you know, predominantly being a baseball player to always riding bikes and coming back and forth. Um, nice. But yeah, just two 10-year-old kids like, oh, like we have trails down the street? Like, let's see yeah. what this is about. And then, <laughs> yeah, let's go ride bikes and then, you know, break a lot of bikes, figure it out the hard way. <laughs> I mean, this is the 90s, mind you. Uh, so you know, <laughs> things were very, very different than they are in, you know, 2023, um, as far as bikes and all that goes, but taking my, you know, Trek, you know, 8,600 and, you know, just smashing it around with <laughs> what, I think 40, 60 millimeters of travel, you know, hardtail, <laughs> um, and, uh, just kind of started off on that end and, uh, kind of a passion for, for riding bikes and, um, and kind of started there for the actual biking part of my life. Um, and then I kind of, kind of a soiree of things as I um, grew up, uh, obviously, you know, had kind of some time where I didn't ride quite as much, um, especially as I got a little bit older in high school and college, because basically my, my high school baseball coach said, when I came to baseball practice and I had no skin on my hand because I crashed my mountain bike the weekend before, oh. he's like, that's not going to help your baseball career. And I'm oh, like, no. that's a good point. So um, kind of took a little bit of a time off, but then uh, 
you know, as most people, baseball ends. And I was like, well, what am I going to do? I'm going to, I'm going to ride bikes. Like, this sounds like fun. Like, let's take this a little more seriously. Um, and then that kind of led me into starting a job, part-time job at the bike shop, uh, one day a week, you know, next thing you know, I'm manning the, managing the shop while I'm in college. Uh, wow. I ran the shop for a total of 15 years. Um, Whoa. so I was there, um, I went to what school to be an art teacher. It was okay. uh, ball and cycles, littlest, small shop in St. Louis, uh, totally mountain bike focused. We did a lot of, uh, out of that little shop, we did a lot of high end custom bikes. Uh, I was a ha- I was a wheel builder. So it was, oh, wow. you know, I went from riding some of the lousiest low end bikes you've seen to, well, I ride some pretty nice bikes nowadays. Um, but, uh, you know, it's not the bike, it's, it's the person riding it. That's what I always tell people, but, um, kind of started off there one day a week worked my way into managing the shop, um, finished school. Actually, I left a little bit. I went and taught um, high school art for a little bit. And then with cutbacks, came back to the bike industry and then kind of kind of stayed there. Um, it was kind of, that was right around that time. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, I, started, um, I started coaching and teaching. Uh, I was obviously went to school to be an educator. Um, and I was like, Oh, all these kids come into the bike shop. I'm like, well, these kids are crashing their brains out. Like, let's figure this out. Let's help them. Right. Right. Um, Yeah. And there wasn't really like mountain bike instruction. This was back in, you know, early two thousands. And, um, a good friend of mine, uh, who I fellow racer, um, who is actually, uh, kind of, we started wheels up together before it was even wheels up, uh, Jeff Powell, which I always have to, you know, give total props to Jeff, which I do owe a phone call to later tonight. Um, (laughs) but, uh, you know, without Jeff wheels up doesn't exist. So really, um, I was kind of doing it a little bit on the side, you know, helping with kids. And he was, he was actually one of the first mountain bike instructors, uh, probably in the States. He started back all the way in the mid nineties. Uh, he was oh. a PE teacher. Okay. Uh, Jeff actually just recently retired. Um, Jeff and I still, uh, he still works for me now, uh, which is kind of funny cause I kind of started under him and then we kind of had a little bit of a role reversal as I started a, like a formal business, um, yeah. doing this. Cause we always did it through the shop. We also did it through like our local school district. Um, so we were doing programming with them and, um, you know, it was very grassroots, you know, either you knew the shop or you knew, uh, or at the school district. So you kind of, you know, kind of got to us that way. And then hyper local, so to speak. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was very, very small. I mean, very niche, um, you know, but you know, we really enjoyed it. It wasn't, it wasn't something very big, you know, there was, a couple rides, some clinics and that, you know, one summer camp, that was it for several years. Um, and it's, was that, was that Jeff's idea to get that Cody? Like did Jeff go, Hey Cody, let's, let's put some structure behind this. Uh, I think you've got some potential here to make a business out of it. Is that how you went from kind of like a little side gig to an actual organization? So it's actually the opposite. So Jeff was doing it through the school district already. And he needed somebody else to help him. 
So he reached out to me at the shop, you know, because he knew that I co- I coached uh, high school uh, Legion baseball. So I was kind of a coach. I was working already teaching kids and working with several kids through the shop. So then uh, I kind of came in to help teach with him. Um, nice. Worked out really awesome. And then a couple years down the road after us working together, I was like, well, you know what? I, I think there's more to this. I think that there's you know, a lot of opportunity, um, to do more and to make it a more serious business. Um, so we kind of started that, um, this was, so really like the big turning point for wheels up to really going from like a grassroots to like a pretty legit business was, you know, 2016. Uh, we really kind of started like ramping up, um, no pun on words, right. Ramping up, (laughs) uh, uh, ramping up to, do something that's, I would say, I don't see a whole lot of, I mean, you know, today, you know, and, and you, you kind of fast forward, I don't want to like, you know, go too much all over the place, but you fast forward to something that's kind of unique and kind of different, even for the uh, mountain bike instruction crowd. So, um, but yeah, so me and Jeff kind of started then, you know, he already had a full-time job teaching and uh, he actually recently retired this year. Um, He actually helps uh, with my program still with Wheels Up, uh, but he also works uh, with our local race group, uh, working to do all the Enduros, um, helping to do promotion and also setting up courses. So Jeff still is a, you know, an intricate part of what we do at Wheels Up, a little bit more in the background, um, but we have several, several coaches um, that we do. we run a youth enduro program and a youth XC program. That's kind of like, uh, kind of more like a Devo program is probably what more people would commonly know. Um, I started those uh, last year, actually. So, uh, lots that's of different cool. stuff. But yeah, so. that's cool. Do you, Cody? Do you do a lot of the enduro through the school systems as well? Like, since you kind of were tied in with the school, do you find that it's easier to work with schools to get that? Well, uh, don't necessarily work through the schools as much as we used to. Um, I still have an affiliation with the schools, so you know we typically help out if there's if they want to do mountain bike programming. Um, most, I hate to say it, to a certain extent, when we started pulling it from the schools and making it a private business, you saw them doing less of it because it was uh, the same two guys kind of doing it. Um, gotcha. So it wasn't like people that kind of filled that void. Uh, so I, for a couple of years, I ran programming for the school district in collaboration. Um, but the last probably two years, <clears throat> it just got tough to run their programs. And as much programming as, as I'm putting on, it made it really kind of difficult. So um, kind of went a little bit away from that. Um, that might change. You know, it's just, you know, I want to help as many kids as possible. Um, and obviously, like, um, you can already kind of sense we started off predominantly um, with youth programming. I mean, that was when Wheels Up was initially like what we were teaching. It was all about kids. I mean, literally teaching adults was a far-fetched thought in my mind, um, which changed about five years ago. Um, I had a lot of people seeing what we were doing with youth riders, and they're like, well, 
why can't we get that for adults too? I'm like, okay, well, touche, let's make that happen. And um, so nowadays, like for my skill instructions, there's kind of a couple different parts to um, wheels up. We have our skill instruction um, business that we go through and do clinics, you know, um, you know, anywhere from basic 101 classes, you know, teaching core fundamentals, um, all the way up to, you know, what you're seeing here in San Diego, I bring the trailer, we have, you know, anywhere from a 10 inch jump to an eight foot jump, right? So we have a, basically a mobile mountain bike park is kind of what I call it, but it's, it's really about instruction and education. Um, You know, it's really great that we have these and we can go send big jumps, Um, you know, and an eight foot jump is a, it's a pretty good size jump. It's so, pretty good size. Heck uh, yeah. One of the well, cool things I noticed, um, Cody, is like on your jumps, you actually have airbags. And uh, we're, you know, my son and I are always asking, like, where can we find an airbag? And here is a skills clinic that has jumps that you could jump into airbags, which is pretty epic. I haven't seen that before. I'm actually going to pull up the Instagram here and uh, going to show the folks that are on the live with us right now some of these. Uh, yeah, here's some of the jumps, and there's actually a jump right there into an airbag that looks so fun. Now, are those Cody? Are those MTB hoppers? What 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 are those? Uh, what are those jumps? Yeah. So originally, I started off building my own jumps, but uh-huh. then when I decided that I needed more jumps, so I kind of, you know, as many mountain bike instructors start, we start with a pile of cones. And then you start teaching core fundamentals. And then next thing you know, like I'm building my own ramps and putting them on a flatbed trailer. And then five years later, I have a 24-foot trailer that has MTB hopper, collapsible ramps with airbags, you know, and the, the the core reason behind it is safety. You know, um, my goal is to, to build the most progressive and safe mountain bike instruction business out there. Okay. And one of the, one of the things that, you know, is a common issue, you know, you ask anybody who's a mountain bike instructor and typically what are they doing? They're going out into the woods, right. To teach jumps or drops or features. or they have a skill zone, right. That they're, everything's fixed. Well, one of the great things about wheels up is, everything's modular. So if I want to take that eight foot jump and I want to put a 30 foot gap on it, I can put a 30 foot gap on it, but I can go two foot, four foot, six foot, 15 foot. I can move it to whatever specification I want. So that way riders can go from my two foot bag to my four foot bag to my six foot bag to my eight foot bag, really giving them the opportunity to do all different types of jumps in a very closed controlled area. And, you know, yeah, we got guys who do backflips too. That's Cody with a K. That's one of my instructors out of Kansas city. He's awesome. Wow. Uh, He's the, he's the young Cody. I'm the (laughs) old Cody. So. (laughs) Wow. 
That looks so fun. Jumping off of those jumps into an airbag. Now I'm seeing a lot of like MTB hopper jumps. And then I see this one that Cody is launching that backflip off of. Is this one of the, is this one of the homemade jumps or the, the jumps that you've made in the past? Yeah. Yeah. This is one of, actually this is uh, pretty big jumps. Yeah. So I have a couple of those. We have some different renditions. We have uh, a couple that we've built over the years that are different radiuses. So like for guys like Cody that want to ride BMX, they're looking for something maybe a little bit steeper than an MTB hopper. That's mm. one of my latest custom built ones, you know, something a little bit more punchy, more like a, like a BMX dirt jump. Um, yeah. One of the things that, you know, and I will do, I, I am not sponsored by MTB hopper though. They should be sponsoring me because I don't know anybody that has, as many MTB hoppers as I do. <laughs> right. But, yeah. um, but needless to say, they they do uh, tend to be a little bit uh, lower on the radius as far as like, you know, poppiness. So, yeah. um, which isn't a bad thing, especially, if, you know, predominantly what am I teaching? Mountain bikers. Um, but I have a lot of kids, you know, that ride and race BMX that come and they want to have that experience and be able to jump and and have the airbags be an option. And uh, I used to have, and I still have some of those like land waves. I've built some wooden landings um, in the past as well. But I hate to say it, when you're sitting there looking at safety, landing on an airbag versus the dirt or versus a wooden feature or a land wave, these are way safer um, and really can save people from getting hurt. Um, yeah, I'm not going to say that they are like foolproof. People do get hurt on them, um, unfortunately, because, you know, as every mountain bike waiver says, mountain biking is inherently dangerous. Right. Uh, <laughs> right. You know, with, with consequences, some some very severe. Yes. <laughs> but, you know, that's where, uh, you know, the airbags have been a really nice added feature to being able to progress add some add some additional safety as we've gotten into some of the bigger features it's they're cool too because i i see up here they they fold up pretty nicely for as far as mobility the airbags do and uh makes it nice to travel with i'm sure yeah they're still they're still very heavy i mean that's the one thing that people don't totally understand when you're like oh well how much you know, as one of these airbags weigh, some of them are several hundred pounds. Like, and you're rolling up, you know, they they roll up like big sleeping bags, just like the one you're seeing in the picture. Yeah. I mean, but it's, it's one of those, there's two people typically involved in rolling those up. Cause if you can imagine rolling a 250 pound sleeping bag. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Plus everything else that might roll up with it, dirt and water, which makes it even heavier, you know? Yeah. So, wow. Wow. That's really cool. So you are, you're starting this and you're, you're, um, you're growing it. And then how did you get to the point where you started getting on the road and going like nationwide with this thing? Cause we're, we're kind of left off. We were somewhat hyper local doing a bunch of stuff. Yep, super local. That, yep. Right. And then you're starting to branch out. How did you get on this like tour? Like, as an example, you're in San Diego as we speak right now. 
Well, um, so one of the things that, um, you know, obviously I kind of look at it is that gets a lot of attention, right? You know, people see that and they're like, I want to experience that, right? I mean, I'm sitting here in San Diego that has unbelievably awesome mountain biking with great mountain bike instructors, great riders, but you don't have airbags. You don't have somebody utilizing this, right? Yeah. Um, and that's where, for me, I was just looking at how do I make that next step? So I am, so I, I went to school, so obviously to be an art teacher. Um, I also am a BICP instructor. So I've gone through BICP, uh, Bicycle Instructor Certification Program. Um, so I've uh, gone through several of their programs and uh, you know, use them as my platform. So uh, actually... Uh, one of the connections that I made at one of those at the uh, BICP level three class was um, Sean from Sprocket Kids. Oh, um, yeah. And we were this uh, super good dude, um, obviously doing some awesome stuff here in yeah. San Diego, working with kids. And uh, we both were sitting there at the class and we're like, well, what are you doing? And, you know, he was telling me about his program. And I was like, that's awesome. That sounds phenomenal. And then I kind of tell him like, Hey, I do the same thing with kids in St. Louis, but I have all this stuff. And he's like, what? That <laughs> sounds cool. Like, yeah. I'm like, yeah. And I'm, I'm setting it up to where I can travel. Cause I would, I started off by going to like surrounding communities, moving to different municipalities uh, there locally in St. Louis. And next thing you know, it's in Kansas city and Springfield, you know, and then in, Omaha and Kansas and wow. um, the next thing you know, it's like, Hey, I'm, I'm set up here to, you know, obviously, you know, we kind of teamed up for the San Diego trip. So typically when I'm doing program, it's usually about 50, 50 for adult programming to youth programming when I'm traveling. Um, but uh, since Sean, you know, obviously really does a great job. Uh, with Sprocket Kids, um, I kind of am just focusing in adult, on the adult programming uh, okay. here in San Diego. Um, but I did I did step in and I helped with one of their classes um, this past Sunday, and uh, they were uh, the instructor was able to see you know how I utilize all these features as training aids because that's really to me you know yes can we go have a ton of fun and just go jump them and send them? The answer is yes. But nice. in reality, the goal is, is to help any level of rider become a better rider. You know, yeah. and, right. you know, I always, you know, my youngest riders are, I mean, I think my youngest kid that's been to one of my clinics is probably five or five years old. But I also can tell you my oldest client, can you take a guess? How old is my oldest client? Jeez, Cody, I'm going to say oldest client. Yep. Uh, that I teach mountain biking to. I've seen some I've seen some older riders on the trails ripping um and they're so good. <laughs> He's got so much experience. I'm going to say 60 81. Oh, dang, baby, baby, 81. Yeah, we had yeah. we actually on Saturday here in, in San Diego we had a gentleman sixty four, and he wow. was jumping on yes. the airbag. I okay. love it. 
That is awesome. What do you see as far as like, what is the most common when you're coaching um, adults, you know, from all different skill levels, what is the most common thing that you see that you're like, Ooh, we're, we're going to work there. That one always seems to come up. Is there, is there one specific thing? The one specific thing that I really look at is I hate to say it. It's core fundamentals. It's core balance. Mm. Um, you know, for a lot of riders, if you don't know exactly where you are in space from the starting point, from like a true ready position or a tall ready position, like you'd use in jumping. Um, if you're off of balance, if you're out of balance, you're never going to find balance. Mm. And for a lot of riders, we, there's really kind of, um, oh, riders have a preconceived notion on what is balance on their bike and what is center. And, you know, for new riders, they don't know where it is because they haven't found it yet. But I see a lot of riders who have come to my programs for, have been riding bikes 20 plus years and they're riding back, right? They're not uh, riding in the center position. And then they're compensating off of that position as their starting point. So if you're really like taking, tearing down mountain biking to like its core, it's really like, if you start with bad balance and bad fundamentals from day one, it's going to make it more difficult to do and achieve the advanced skills that really a lot of people are looking for. And uh, that's, you know, to kind of dive in a little bit, like with my learn to jump class, what's the first thing we do in my learn to jump class, which is a uh, class that anybody can come do. It's, mm -hmm. there's no prerequisite. And the first thing we do is focus on balance, focus on foot wedge, focus on finding your center and establishing that and then moving forward. And sometimes it's reestablishing it. That makes sense, man. Right. Like even just from a, a rider perspective, and I'd love to come take a class, but I, I know that even just trying to find that sweet spot in a wheelie, trying to find that balance point, like, where am I? Am I too far forward? Am I too far back? Or do I get up and do I start to lean off to the side? Are there some tricks for riders to like find that balance, like track standing practice, uh, things, things like that to help them fix that? So one of the things that I like to use that really gives people everyone, even myself, like when I'm riding, you don't see yourself, right? Yeah, right. Is, um, and I know this, this isn't exactly answering your question. So I apologize. No, no. But it is take, taking video, right? Taking proper video and proper feedback because till you see where you're at in space. So taking a snapshot from the side profile and saying, Hey, am I centered? Do I have more weight on my right foot versus my left foot, right? And sometimes that physical evidence is a big step forward because then you're actually getting recognition of what you're doing. Where, you know, I hate to say it because, I mean, and obviously um, I'm not going to get in this debate and we'd probably have comments up the wazoo when you start talking about YouTube, right? Yeah. YouTube yeah. can be a, an amazing tool, right? Um, the downside to YouTube is it doesn't give you feedback. It doesn't mm. show you what are you doing, right? Until you actually understand what you are actually doing physically, what you might think is centered might not be centered. And having that answer 
Um, you know, and I'm, I'm honestly like one of those people that when I tell people at the end of my camp or enter my skills clinic, I'm like, Hey, go get instruction, right? Get feedback because you're going to learn something from any mountain bike instructors, however good or however bad they are, you should be able to take something away. And hopefully some of that is getting feedback and a different viewpoint, Mm. which is very, very important for, for mountain bikers is we don't necessarily know where we're at because we have a feeling, but we don't actually know that for a fact. So that video is a big part of what I do with, with my programs is, you know, taking images, showing people where are they at and then being able to help them progress from there. So I hope that kind of in a roundabout answers your question, but yeah, directly you might not. So no, it does. It does. That makes sense. Like being able to see video <laughs> evidence of, of where you are on that bike and then being able to coach to it, you know, like you're way above the, the bottom bracket on this one, closer to the handlebars. I could tell the bikes, uh, you're heavy on your left leg there. You know, um, I could see, I could see that as far as like sitting on the bike and visually trying to tell yourself, like, I'm going to try to be centered. Does it, is it to the point where you feel like if you let go of the bars and you were, and you were just standing still that the bike would just, would just like hone in right there in the middle. Is that kind of, and do you want to be above the bottom bracket? Like, is that where you are supposed to be or just really just depends on the bike? Well, in, in, in most cases, when we're talking about like center of your bike, it is really like your center of your bottom bracket is the center of your position and center of your gravity, right? So as you start looking as when you're standing on your feet and your weight's off of your saddle, um, most of your weight's going to be in your feet. You should have light hands, you know. Um, that is a big thing for a lot of riders is either their position, right? Um, I know as a skills instructor, I try not to super get into uh, the, the ramifications of bike fit because bike fit will influence your overall position as far as like how much weight you might have in your hands or yeah. are you too far back and are f- forward on your saddle. But typically, you know, when I refer to center of bike, I refer to center of balance as that bottom bracket part instead of like center of your wheelbase, right? Which would be forward of your actual center. Got it. Got it. Man, that there is like so many things to this whole mountain bike skills, you know, that, that we can always clean up, fix up and remember is, uh, and thank you for touching upon that. I know that uh, that's like another good reason to join classes like yours is to get re-reminded or to check in to make sure that you're doing things centered and maybe you're centered going straight, but maybe once you get onto the transition before you hit the lip, maybe things are changing and your center is changing. And so like, those are all great skills to have a coach look at. As, as far as another thing you brought up, let's, um, and we don't want to give away every, everything, but when you say- oh, no, you're good. Oh, <laughs> when you say foot wedge, I've, I've noticed a lot of folks like, you know, like dipping their front heel, like down and then their, their back heel is, is up and things like that. But is it, what is a foot? Let's take, take us back to the, to the beginning. What is a foot wedge and why should someone try to practice that? 
that's a great question. And, and it's one of those that you don't hear as much about foot wedge. You hear more about like ready position or neutral position. Um, but foot wedge just kind of like really gets overlooked by a lot of riders. And what it refers to is we're trying to create opposing forces. So if you could imagine if your toes were down, so we put just simply like put our toes down, where's your body weight going to be? That's, I'd say towards the front, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. Where if you put your heels down, where's your body oh, weight going to go? You're going to go back. back. Right? So we have to have a combination of those because we want to create that opposing force. So our front foot is going to give us slightly heel down, giving us a slight push back towards the center. And the opposite on the back where the back heel being slightly up is going to slightly push us forward to center, allowing us, because our feet on a bicycle are staggered, right? It's not like a motorcycle where you're side by side with your feet. Right. You're actually offset. So <clears throat> I'm a big proponent on finding whichever foot you're comfortable with. You know, like I, I prefer riding left foot forward. I spent many, many years, because this was back in the late 90s, early 2000s, and everyone was saying, "I you have to be able to ride switch. Oh. I, I don't teach that. Yeah, I mean, that was that was a big thing. I remember um, hearing about it, talking about it with other riders, you know, and kind of learned the hard way. It's like, well, what's most important? It's having yeah. good balance. Because if you're out of balance, you're kind of going to be in trouble. Because yeah. it's hard to establish balance when you're out of balance. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, that foot wedge is really to find and help center center yourself. Um, I know like one of the little, I'll give you a little thing that I like to do with riders. And it really kind of proves a point to a certain extent is uh, take a rider and just have them stand on the ground and hop and land on their toes. Right. Jump land on your toes and see what happens. Typically your body is going to fall forward. You might have the, you know, arms moving, but typically when your toes are down, you're pronated, your hips rotate forward and you're going to fall forward. Where if you hop, you know, uh, and I don't know if you're a skier, but if you hop, jump and land on your heels, what do we get? Rolling down the windows, right? Yeah. (laughs) but that's what they called it right i mean i'm, yeah, I'm also like, <laughs> but those are two points that your foot placement on the pedals not only like where it's placed on the pedal like in relation to the spindle but the actual weight dynamically forward and back with that foot wedge really makes a big difference in your overall control of your footwork, your balance, and your stability. And obviously all this is going to be affected by when you get into going uphill or downhill and how those pedals are going to be affected. And that's some some of the stuff we go into when we talk about jumping because, and I do say this in my clinic, what is the direction every jump is facing everyone? It's uphill. Yeah. Right? I know this seems like the most rudimentary, like laughable thing, but jumps go uphill. So please explain to me when a rider's 
pushing back and away when they're riding uphill, right? Yeah. Where should going, you be when you're going uphill? You should, you should be, be up. Forward. Yeah. And that's where you start to get into a lot of like in wheels up, we use fundamental skills like bike and body separation with neutral ready forward and back to kind of equate and break down the elements that you're using when you actually get on a ring. So you have the vocabulary, you have the understanding in a very systematic procedure to break down it. And then we have all the features that you can build up on it. So. Wow, man, so much stuff to, to learn out there now. And, and uh, like you were saying earlier, in, in kind of in a way you were saying, you know, new beginner riders versus riders who have been riding for a long time. Like you have your blank canvas and then you have your breaking bad habits, you know? And as far as that goes, um, is it more challenging? I guess it depends on the writer. Is it more challenging to teach a blank canvas than it is to teach somebody who comes in with a lot of bad habits? I guess it depends. If oh, hands down. Uh, hands down, bad habits, right? Yeah. Um, just because, well, think about it like this. If you sat there and you, let's make it something simple. The way you write, you've written that way for years. All right. Well, now if you write in curve, cursive, I want you to write in non-cursive, right? Something very different or maybe something in, you're just trying to modify it. That's very difficult because what we have when you've been writing that long is you have an established habit. You have a mm -hmm. way that you're doing it. Whether it's right or wrong, it's the way that you're approaching it. So to modify that, and maybe sometimes it's not like we're talking about, hey, right foot to left foot switching. We're talking about putting just a lusher on your left foot or moving your body slightly more forward. Those minor adjustments for a, for a rider who's been riding for a long time can be very difficult and demanding and take a lot of practice. I mean, yeah. that's, you know, and I will tell anybody who's listening here, if you hear one thing today, if you go to a skills clinic and you expect to have proficiency by the end of the clinic, it's not achievable. I hate to say that because proficiency is going to take practice. And you're mm. going to need repetition, right? Mm. So mm. the best thing you can do, whether it's a wheels up clinic or, you know, ninjas, wherever you're going, sprocket kids, is go take the clinic and then go practice it. Get a friend to go. I hate to say this, but get some of your friends to go take the clinic with you. Mm -hmm. So guess what? Everyone learns the same stuff and then they know how to watch each other. Then you can continue to help each other. You know, that's sense. a very powerful thing because guess what you're doing? You're getting feedback on what you're doing, whether it's from an instructor or from your buddy. When you actually know what you're looking for, makes things a whole lot easier to make adjustment, make adjustments, and then also continue to reinforce those adjustments. That makes sense. It's like having coaches off the, tr off the, off the trail, so to speak. Like once you leave, you have a coaching force that's helping you teach because you guys got the information together. Yeah, that's cool. And it's fun going out there like, Hey man, 
I know what's going to yeah, that corner. I, mean, I saw your heels. <laughs> well, and it's one of those things. All of us, I mean, and I know yourself too, like a mountain biker, right? Why do we all start riding mountain bikes? It's fun. Oh, so right? fun. Yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, that's like, like, let's cut it down to what it is. Like, we're here to have a good time, right? And I mean, myself included, I'm going to raise my, my hand here. I've spent yes. thousands of dollars on bikes, bike equipment. Yes. I mean, I got trailers, trucks to carry all this stuff <laughs> because it's fun. Yeah. So, yes. And yeah, can we be competitive and serious about it? But in the end of the day, we're here to have fun. And when you make your practice fun and when you make instruction fun, that's when you're really getting stuff out of it. And, you know, I know that comes from a person who started off as a youth instructor and really focused on like how we teach is equally as important to what we teach. Why is mm. that? Because What's if that? I have a bad, if I have a bad way of teaching it, the program's not put together well, we're not keeping kids on bikes or adults on bikes, they're going to be bored. They're not going to have fun. They're going to tune out. Yeah. So even if I have the best content in the world. So when I look at it, it's like, hey, I want to have great content with great strategy and great execution. So that means talk, get points across, get people practicing a lot and keep progressing. And that's where it's really a two-part thing. And there's a lot of a lot of great mountain bike instructors out there. And, um, you know, the ones that I recommend are the ones that you're having a good time. You leave with a smile. And that's, that's, that's really why we do this. I mean, I've spent a whole lot. I mean, all those airbags and the trailer and all that. It's because I'm passionate about mom. Mail to mom. Yeah. And it's fun. <laughs> so fun. Yeah, and it, and, yeah. Sorry. I had something pop in my ear. I'm like, yes. And it's fun. Like that's like, that's why we do this. So, yeah. um, you know, we want to be kids, right? That my 81 year old customer, he's ridden bikes for twice as long. I mean, almost as twice as long as I've been alive. Right. I mean, like, but what does he want to do? He wants to expand, right? He wants yeah. to empower himself to ride something more difficult, do something better than he did the day before. Right. And that's one of the things that mountain biking challenges us. I mean, yes. yeah. I mean, those challenges can change from year to year, day to day, month to month. Yeah. But guess what? Those challenges, they should be fun. Yeah. No, well said. I, I, I love the sport and, it, there's always a challenge with mountain biking and it's always so personal, you know, it's like your challenge may not be the same as the guy or gal next to you, but it may be your biggest challenge. And to be open to figuring out how to overcome those challenges. I think when you learn that in mountain biking, you also learn that for your normal life when you're off the bike, it helps you in, in life there as well, which is, which is crazy. Um, Let's let's jump into the chat real quick, if if you don't mind, Cody, and then we'll we'll get back oh, into the talk. Right. So, uh, we got uh, I usually give a whole shot award at the beginning of the show, and I just got so engaged with it I forgot it. But uh, Tumor Warrior, congratulations for the whole shot award and being in the audience. He says, "Yes, I made it this time. Excited for this one." What's up, Zach? Good to see you on here. We got Trail Pimp out of Arizona. He says, TW, you got the whole shot. <laughs> Trail Pimp, uh, welcome aboard, buddy. Always good to see you. 
Ed, good to see you too. He says, what's up, Cody? What's up, Mark? Good to see you, Ed. We got uh, right and dirty out of Arizona. He says, yo, 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 what up, my dudes? <laughs> so a lot of good folks up here. We got uh, Debbie Keo. She says, me too, me too. Uh, it's also saying so fun. Trail Pimp made a comment here. It says, it's like Woodward Tahoe is when uh, he was looking at all the jumps and airbags you had there, which is good. Um, Zach saying, I totally agree with that. MTB crashes and football do not mix. Yeah, we have a football player in the audience there referring back to your MTB and baseball. Yep. Yes. Yeah. He says, um, Zach also says, I think I'd managed to hurt myself on those, but those are sick. <laughs> Talking about the airbags. Zach's a big dude, though. He's a big football player, dude. <laughs> um, Trail Pimp was trying to guess your oldest uh, client, and he said 70. That was pretty close. That's, That's pretty, pretty close. close. Yeah. yeah. Trail Pimp's all saying, my mom is 80, and I will send her over. Yeah, I think that's a good transition to talk about, like, the next the next uh, conversation of how old do you have to be to take a skills course? Is it, Are you ever too old or are you ever too young? And what's the key component to, to wanting to come out and learn? So let's talk about young, you know, for me, for a kid to come to one of my clinics. Um, now, I will set this aside. I do teach back home. I teach kids how to ride bikes. I actually work with a lot of disabled kids or kids that have, um, that are on the spectrum, whether they're with autism or different types of disabilities. So, you know, for kids, you know, I teach kids from two to, you know, really almost, I taught last summer. I think she was 64 and she learned how to ride a bike at 64. That's awesome. So, and that was a big, that was a huge goal for her. So, um, oh, and awesome. we had her, she was riding a bike within a couple lessons and was very excited. It was a lifetime goal, uh, for her to literally just ride a bike. So, um, That's typically cool. a little bit younger. Um, but to get to my clinics, Usually I start my mountain bike clinics right around that 24 inch wheel. Uh, I do let 20 inch wheels come in, but most of my mountain bike, like starting to get on the features and stuff, the 24 inch wheel. So that's usually like, depending on the kid's size, six to nine years old, um, can be that range to getting them on a 24 inch wheel. Um, so I see a lot of, a lot of those kids coming to my, beginner clinics <clears throat> and then you know when you're getting you know to an older age you know one of the big big concerns for a lot of riders is obviously safety right you know when you go to get hurt you know one of the one of the big things that i preach with my youth enduro program is we're going to wear protective gear because we're going to crash and we're going to get hurt and this is yeah. going to help me from getting hurt less you yes. know so if you're, if you're older, you know, what's older? Older could be 40. Older could be 80, right? I do recommend if you're going to get into the sport, go to your local shop, support local, buy gear that fits and that you will wear. Because if you're not going to wear it, it's not going to do any bit of good. Yeah. And slowly start in the sport. Get an instructor. Go out and get taught the way to do it correctly. Because that's the big thing. Even if you do it correctly, right? All of us who've ridden mountain bikes, 
everything's gone right and then it's gone wrong right yes we yes crash bikes, right um yeah. but if you're learning how to do it correctly you have the correct gear the correct protective gear the correct bike and you do it in a way that's progressive you know as far as starting from the beginning and you're not just trying to jump big jumps from the day one you can learn how to mountain bike at almost any age and really you know it's one of those things things that you know when people talk about about mountain biking does mountain biking have to involve jumps the answer is no it doesn't have to involve jumps um and i know this is one of mine that i you know i teach kids and i also teach adults when they start mountain biking walking is part of mountain biking for everyone mm -hmm. so why do i say everyone because guess what i don't care how good you are there's a trail out there somewhere that's too difficult right yeah even yeah. for the pros right and they're yes. walking the trail they're climbing hey they're off the bike now right. there are those exceptional few pros whatever we can you know say that but for most people walking's part of mountain biking and that's okay yeah so you know and you have to start somewhere so right and even for those really... your question. yeah that does that does all all ages um, are welcome, obviously protective gear, no matter what age, no matter how good, it's always great to have protective gear because literally it's not if we're going to crash, it's when we're going to crash. And that when is going to be how bad is that crash? What kind of protective gear do we have on? What kind of skills were we prepared for when we're going down to minimize the impact of those crashes? You know, there's so many things that go into it. And also, like you said, walking is a big part of mountain biking because even for the folks that are highly, highly skilled, we, they still get off the bike and they walk the trail to gather information. You want to be able to see yourself on the trail. You want to see what's ahead. You want to see how big is that drop? Where's the line? What's that landing look like? Do I think I've, have I done this before, but on a different trail? Can I piece this together? Man, there is no shame in the walking game. And if it's, and if it's a hard no, Sometimes that's the best walk down the hill. Like I feel good about this walk. <laughs> I don't mind yep, yep. at all. It's either uh, you're walking or you're in an emergency room. I'm going to choose walking. Right. right. Like, walking. Walking is always good. Walking. There's nothing bad with walking. I cite MTV Nick from Holder Crooks just showed up. What's up? What's up, Nick? Good to see you. He says, hi, Mark. Hi, Cody. Yeah, we're talking about uh, Nick. Ask any questions too. You guys feel free to ask questions uh, to Cody while we have him here for a few more minutes. Um, from Wheels Up, owner of Wheels Up. Now, Cody, when it comes to when it comes to mindset and being a student, remember there's that old old saying like the teacher only shows up when the student is ready. And there's definitely mindsets of people that are like, ah, I don't need coaching. I started mountain biking. I've been doing it for years. Like, what can they teach me? And then you have the beginners that are like, I'd love to go find a coach. But coaching is for everybody because no matter what your skill level is, there is things that you can do better. Talk to the folks, Cody, that are in the mindset of, ah, I've been doing this forever. I, I don't need a coach. Like, what? What, how could we get those folks to come in and, and tune up their skills? It's the old saying, it's like, it's like riding a bike, right? That's, that's what I hear a lot of. Oh, I, I ride bikes. I can go do that. I'm like, so I, 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 I try to equate mountain biking to another sport that is very in demanding of instruction, which is skiing. 
right? Mm. So, mm-hmm. I mean, how many people do you see spend hundreds, thousands of dollars to go get ski instruction just because they want to have that experience and get and have a good experience while they're out on the slopes, right? Because there's right. people that have been skiing that go get instruction and take a guide so they can have a better time. And, and I think that's one of the big things that people don't quite understand about mountain biking. There's so many different aspects to what type of bike are you riding? How is your bike set up? Suspension, tire pressure, then your body position, your gear, right? And then what type of terrain are you riding? Are you riding loose? Are you riding hard packed? Are you riding super rocky? Are you riding, you know, super tech? Are you riding big jumps? right? There's so many different variables in mountain biking that that's why you get people that have been doing it for all these years. They can go ride the same trail week after week and have a great different experience. Mm -hmm. And, you know, really pushing to get people to understand, you know, obviously I'm an advocate because I'm a mountain bike instructor. I feel that there's a huge need, but in a lot of cases for a lot of people, they don't understand that till they broke a shoulder or broke a wrist or had a bad experience. Right. So, you know, it's, it's really a mission for all of us to understand is if we get better and we are more confident in what we're doing and understand what we're doing, guess what? We're going to have more fun. We have more fun. We're going to ride more often. Right. So that's, you know, that's where the instruction thing is, is really critical because even, you know, I'll even put it myself, right? I've been riding bikes 30, this is what, 30, 31, going on 32 years. I've been a mountain bike instructor for almost half of that, right? We're talking like close to 17 years, right? So that's a long time of riding and instruction, right? I go back and I like, oh, well, I need to freshen up. I want to work on this move. I want to work on manualing or wheeling or if I'm doing a nose turn, you know, like pivoting, you know, stoppies, um, boosting a jump, scrubbing a jump. There's all these different elements that can be worked on. And, in, in, you know, as you, you know, for example, you get hurt, you're off a bike for a year and a half and all of a sudden now you're back on a bike you're not going to have the confidence. You're not going to be as comfortable, you know, and you're not yeah. going to probably make the, the same decisions because of what happened previously. Right. <laughs> point. Sorry. No, no. So that's where spending some time and, and really being, you know, a big advocate for just mountain bike education. You know, uh, there's great platforms, you know, like, Obviously, we got BICP, there's PIMBA. Um, you know, I tell people, like, in my experience as an instructor, I really don't care where you get it as long as that you're going, right? Yeah. Wheels Up isn't always in San Diego. Go find good instruction. And if there's not one, go somewhere else and find one because there's somebody out there and they're going to yeah. help you. And once you realize how much they're going to help you, every dollar you spent is going to be well, well worth it. Yes, exactly. That's a great, that's a great way to say it. And I, and I love that. And when you think about mountain biking and the cost of it, it sounds ridiculous to put in $10,000 into a mountain bike, 
all your gear, uh, mountain bike rack, whatever you're invested into, but you walk away from a class because it's a couple hundred bucks. <laughs> it just sounds so silly to me that, you know, you've come this yeah, far. It's, it, yeah, so it's, it's almost ridiculous. It's like, you know, when you start talking about like it's another one percent or two percent of what you've spent in the total yes like but yeah. it's gonna make you know it's gonna make your experience right right um, you're gonna be able to enjoy that bike a little better you're gonna be able to enjoy that bike a little longer you know the stoke the trail being on the bike getting a little faster you know opening up unlocking new skills all that great or stuff not, or one less emergency room visit <laughs> yes right, right. like there, there, there's you know it, i i literally have had parents come up to me and be like you have saved me thousands of dollars I thousands yeah right and i look at them i'm like yes i have and i can confidently yeah. tell you that is, are people still going to get hurt the answer is yes right it's yeah. mountain biking it's inherently dangerous right but by getting that you are going to lower the percentage of risk astronomically and that's where, you know, really when people tell me what is, you know, what is your real job? And it's just being an advocate for education. Like, that's what I, I'm obviously a mountain bike instructor, but I'm an educator at heart. Um, I love writing curriculum. I have, you know, two youth programs that, you know, I run and run as a director uh, back home in, in Missouri. And it's all about safety. It's all about having a great time on a bike and, the better you can do it and the safer you can do it, the longer you can do it, you know? Um, yes. And the, one of the big things that, you know, and I steal this from education. Like I don't, I'm not the person who made this up. So if you're not an educator, educator, you know, excuse me, but you know, lifetime learners, right. That's a, that's a key term in education nowadays. Like you want somebody to be able to continue to want to learn. Yes. Well, guess Growth what? Mindset. We, need, yes. we need lifetime mountain bikers, yeah. right? Because they're able to learn, they're able to mountain bike. And mountain biking is one of those sports. How many other sports do you know that people go from, you know, kids, like small kids, to 81 years old or plus riding bikes? There's not many yeah. sports. Golf, pickleball maybe, you know. So this is one of those lifetime sports. And yeah. it's going to take you a lifetime to learn and it's going to take you a lifetime of enjoyment. That's cool. That it, and it sure does. It, I love how being on a bike really reaches back to that 10 year old self and you see each other and you go, dude, we're still having fun. This is awesome. Let's keep going. Oh man, Cody, let's, uh, I can't believe we're already an hour, but let's close on just two things real fast. One Let's give the folks a bit of a sample about uh, about your teaching class. Let's let's tell the folks a little bit of something that you've seen that they can change in their writing that they will quickly see benefits from. And then two, let's close it with uh, where you will be this weekend in case we can get folks who want to show up and uh, take the course. So what's the the first one is what's something that that a mountain biker can change today that they can see immediate feedback on on their bike balance and control the better you have the better your balances in all maneuvers all situations the safer and more secure and confident you're going to be 
in all those situations, whether you're going down a steep bit of terrain or around a gnarly switchback or up a steep face of a jump, the better control and the better balance and positioning you have will immediately make you better. Um, and what, that's, and what's, um, what, what's something ahead. that they could practice at home to kind of get the reps in on that in order to increase that balance and control? Yeah, so start out, uh, you know, riding in the neighborhood, get on your feet, find your foot wedge. You know, if, if it doesn't make sense from our conversation here today, hop on YouTube and see what the foot wedge is and, um, you know, start practicing it, right? There's good information out there on YouTube. It's just sometimes it's harder to find than I would like. Um, but, you know, and then um, have fun. Ride your bike. That's the big thing is being on a bike, there's no sacrifice for it. Just have fun. Spend time on it. Become one with your bike. I know that seems kind of ridiculous and funny, but the more you ride, the more fun you're going to have, the more confident you're going to be, and the more controlled you're going to be, right? So, and if you're looking for instruction, so we do have uh, with Sprocket Kids on Saturday. We have a, a great uh, kids class on uh, Saturday morning uh, with Sprocket Kids. Um so signups through them. And then we're going to be doing, I do believe, an uh, open jump. So that's where open jumps are typically non-instructional. But we're bringing out all the ramps, all the jumps. Come out and get the practice. Beat us. Uh, we'll talk through. I usually give a little tips and pointers as I see them. And then Sunday, we're going to do an adult class. And we'll have the um, open jump Sunday evening. So we'll have two opportunities if you just want to go send it. Um, let's see what it's like to be on an airbag. And then we have youth and adult classes this weekend. So either at Sprocket Ooh. Kids or Wheels Up MTB. Okay, that's the next question I was going to ask is how can people get a hold of you? So Sprocket Kids would be one for the kids course. If you want to just come up and come out and send it for the two open jump sessions, it would be under wheelsupmtb.com. Or where will you guys be located if, if people want to show up on the spot, sign the waivers, and and, and, yep. and just jump in? So we will be at the San Diego BMX track. They've been an awesome host. I'm really excited. Um, we are working on having a potential uh, fall option, so probably be later this fall. Um, my goal is, is to come out here, try to make it twice a year, once in the spring, once in the fall, and and uh, bring the uh, wheels up uh, party and the mountain bike instruction. And yes. when I come back, I'm going to be coming back with some new features. Uh, there's Ooh. some stuff in the works, a uh, whole new drop class. So for dropping anywhere oh. from like six inches to five feet, different yeah. platforms. So kind of like what you see with the airbags, but being able to focus on dropping and riding uh, more technical terrain. So got some, got some cool stuff up our sleeves. Um, that's going to be debuting here over the next couple weeks. So keep an eye on wheelsupmtv.com. And obviously we're on Facebook and Instagram as well. So That is awesome. And on, on Facebook and Instagram, is it the same wheels up MTB? Will they find you that way? Yep. Awesome. Awesome. Cody, thank you for jumping on the segment podcast. It was a pleasure talking to you. I'm going to check the calendar for this weekend and see if uh, my son and I can get on down your way would love to love to meet you in person and uh, would love to be there. That would be very cool. Hey, love to have you. Uh, thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure. 
I've heard so many awesome things about this podcast. So uh, I really can't believe that I'm actually on it. So thank you so much and uh, really appreciate what you do for your community for mountain biking. So bravo to you, Mark. So thank you again, sir. Thank you, Cody. Check them out, folks. Cody Jones, the owner of Wheels Up MTB. And if you are in the San Diego area this weekend, stop on by two open jumps, one kids course and an adult course or class as well. And uh, are there still spots available, Cody, if people want to jump in? Yes, there's still spots available in, in all of them. So Awesome. Awesome. Hey, maybe we'll see you guys out there this weekend. Uh, check them out wheelsupmtb.com or wheelsupmtb on Instagram and Facebook. We'll see you guys on the next episode. Thanks, everyone. Hey, 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 that is the episode 102. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode with Cody Jones from Wheels Up MTB. I love how this whole thing started. Obviously, I love educators and uh, everyone who's out there giving back to the community, giving back to the kids, us adults. Educators have a special place in my heart. And uh, I love what Cody Jones is doing out there in the MTB community with Wheels Up MTB. Take a look at Wheels Up MTB and see if they're going to be in and around your area. I mean, this is definitely very, very cool stuff. I have not yet seen a skills clinic that has the airbags and also has open jump jams. So you can just come out and experience what it's like. So hope that this information finds you well. Find that center of balance on the bike. I am going to be putting in the reps there to make sure I am increasing that skill set because he said that was one of the number one things to know where your body is in space on that bike. So that's something I'm going to really take to heart. Folks, always want to leave you on a positive note. Remember to dream big. All those dreams come to you for a reason. So make sure that you remember those dreams. Take pieces of those dreams and make them a goal by putting them on paper and executing those little steps of those goals on your way to living the dreams of your life. Hope this all finds you well, and I will see you all on the next episode.